What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. That's right, the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. Uh, we are a day late and a dollar short. Because uh, Casino, you actually came to my work, had a delightful I meal. I did. And then the delightful nice. meal you had, I had a meal at my work afterwards that gave me uh, food poisoning. And so, yeah, I felt great. Uh, did you? Yeah, uh, no, because I, you went, you went, good. you went with the. You always went with the salad. Never get the salad. Who who gets the salad? You know what? I think it might have been the dressing. I think Probably. it might have been the dressing or the. I ate a giant piece of 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 meat, like red meat. I don't know. Maybe that was it. But yeah, I was down and out for two days. I woke up at five a.m. Uh, almost shitting my pants, and then I vomited out my soul like at 2 p.m. later that day. And so, yeah, I could not record a podcast because I was dying from the inside. So uh, I fully fair. recovered, making a comeback. I got my tea. Mm. And uh, also, before we always do the podcast, if you're watching the video of this, I always just wet my hair to get it ready because before we record the podcast, I look like I just woke up and my hair's everywhere. So my shirt is always wet. Looks like you just that woke is, up. You typically just woke up. Yeah. And it's uh, my shirt is just always wet from me wetting my hair to get it ready for this podcast. So if you're <laughs> watching the video and you're like, why is just that part a slightly different color? That's why. But uh anything uh going in on uh year end casino before we dive into this sports smorgasbord we have in front of us um i can't wait for the nhl playoffs to be over whether <laughs> no matter how it happens so i can actually go get myself a haircut and a, trim my beard up i this is my horrible um because i'm a horrible white beard growing dude <laughs> that this is my playoff beard that i started at the beginning of the playoffs that it's patchy and gross and feels and looks like pubic hair so uh, i can't wait to get that off my face I- i'm more of yeah. a five o'clock shadow guy that takes about three days to get to five o'clock but i'm cool with that yeah. i mean i couldn't grow a beard at all until i was like 25 so there's still hope for you casino i'm 30 maybe just yeah maybe just one day you'll be like oh 33 was the secret number and now i look like one of the guys from ZZ i mean top I don't get it because I have, I mean, my, I actually have really good thick hair. I have a lot of hair. Yeah, you um, do. My entire your family head? does, but I, yes. Oh. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, when it comes to this, this, I, I can't grow it. But anyway, I'm doing good. Um, yeah. Excited for tonight. Nervous. I'm going to watch the game without anybody else around. So. You're just going to watch it in a dark dark room by yourself probably uh you know what i was gonna start with nba but let's start with nhl because we have two games to talk about nba only one game in nhl since we last recorded but on this one we're gonna talk nhl nba playoffs then we're gonna talk about Messi, live golf chris paul dalvin cook we got a we got the whole smorgasbord whole smorgasbord today casino I'm going to try to say smorgasbord five more times during this podcast. See if I can sneak it in. Uh, sneak but <laughs> smorgasbord. 
Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, you out not there. a charcuterie board, a smorgasbord. And each time I'm going to try to emphasize the smorg part of it. But in what? In smorgasbord? <laughs> um, you can also try it. We'll try to each say it five times while just sliding it right into the conversation. Uh, but on Thursday, we are recording this on Saturday. We were going to try to record it on Friday. I'm glad we actually did not record it yesterday because that means we can talk about the NBA game last night as well. But on Thursday, the Golden Knights traveled to the Florida Panthers and lost in OT 3-2. to two. Uh, The series is now 2-1, still in Vegas Golden Knights' favors. Game four is tonight in uh florida still no yes it's in florida still yeah uh so casino as we are unbiased uh obviously just sports podcasters definitely trying to be unbiased well i feel like i've done a good job i've tried i've really tried yeah yeah uh but as a Golden Knights fan, does this game worry you, or do you still think this? Do you think this is the only win the Florida Panthers will get in this series? Um, no, I mean, I know I said I want, you know, Knights in six or in five, but it realistically, in my mind, is probably going to be six. Um, I'd much rather have the win on the road, um, doing the split on the road, and then have the Knights come back and even if they don't close it out, just finish it on the road again because they've done that multiple times. Um, I am a little worried about tonight, though, uh, just off of a momentum standpoint. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, that game was they, – they stole it away from Vegas. Vegas had the 2-1 lead with – it was like three minutes left or whatever. They pulled their goalie, and they were able to get that man advantage play, which the Knights have struggled all year – to get the open netter goal when they pull a goalie. Normally, they just kill the clock. Um, This time, it didn't work out for them. Panthers were able. They're too good of a team not to worry you when they pull their goalie. So, um, yeah, I was nervous. And I even saw when when the Knights didn't get get the, the puck cleared and the Panthers had a couple guys uh, moving through the ice, moving through the neutral zone into their offensive zone as fast as they were. I I had a house full of people, and I was just like, "Oh no!" And everybody's just like <laughs> looking at me, like thought the go the that they already scored, but I saw that this was either going to have to be a big save or they were going to win, and they won. Um, uh, in the OT, so yeah, they they stole this game from Vegas, and all I see from the reporters, and it's really bugging me where. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, you know, this is Florida's mo. They're they're resilient. You know, they they come back all the time, and it's like, okay, that's that's true, that's true. But you're acting like Vegas doesn't do the same thing. I mean, game one, um, game one, Panthers score first. They scored the first goal of the Stanley Cup playoffs. What did Vegas come back and do? One five two. Like both teams are really good from coming behind. From they don't quit the entire way, and so that's something I got to give the Panthers credit for is they don't give up. They haven't given up this entire postseason. Um, even when they were scraping to try to get into the playoffs and barely made it. Um, so, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. They played hard. They knew what they were doing. Uh, Bobrovsky did have a better uh, save percentage uh, this go-around than 
Aiden Hill, but there was a lot less shots. There was a lot less hits. Still a decent amount of penalties. There was eight for the Panthers, seven for Vegas, but the hitting was way down. Um, remember I was telling you like in game one and game two, there was like 44 hits to like 28 hits. Ooh, sorry. Uh, something like that. I mean, this was only 18 for Vegas, 14 for the Panthers. So it was definitely minimized. But besides that, outside of the blocked shots, this game was and and giveaways. Panthers gave away the puck 24 times. Vegas only gave it away seven. Um, but yeah, the block shots was um, pretty one-sided as well. It was 31 to 17 uh, in favor of Vegas. Besides that, everything was pretty much the exact same. So it was it was it was a duel of a game. Um, a lot of fun. Um, did you watch any of this? I uh, know I watched the whole thing. Uh, did now my question to you is after watching this game, if you want to take this game as a sample size of what the Florida Pan- Florida Panthers need to do to win this series, what would you say the things they did in this game that they can carry over to future games to, you know, get back in this series and eventually win it? Or do you um, pretty, see a pathway for them to do, even do that? No, I do see a pathway. Uh, it was their, I mean, their best players showing up. Their defenseman, uh, Montort, showing up. He got a goal. Um, and then you have Verhage and Matthew Tuchuk. They both had a goal and an assist. This game was won by their stars, by getting in front of the net. The Knights weren't able to keep them away when it need, when it counted most, which was when they were... Uh, when Panthers had an extra guy in the ice and when in overtime as well. If Vegas had their chance to win in overtime, they went into the overtime with a power play and they were not able to capitalize. So Vegas let this one slip out of their hands. I still, I'm a little nervous for tonight, but I still think Vegas is really good. They haven't lost back-to-back games outside of the, uh, outside of once against Dallas, but then game, the third game they came back and they absolutely whomped. So um, I like the resilience. They've done it all season, even before the uh, postseason. And again, so that's what I'm saying. The Panthers aren't the only team to grind when they're behind, uh, whether it's during a game in between periods or like in individual periods, or if it is down a game in a series, both of these teams have very good, good grind back. That's why I didn't think a lot of my my coworkers and friends, when they won game two, they're like, oh man, this is going to be a sweep. Vegas is going to sweep. And I'm like, ah, no, it's not, not, it's not going to be a sweep. I mean, I'm sure the Panthers are going to get one. I expect them to probably get two in this series. And again, I wouldn't be shocked if the Panthers won the whole thing. Um, the, regardless what I think about the team, like in a whole compared to Vegas, where I think Vegas is the better, deeper team, Florida, can show and has a better coaching and all and and all the things um but florida can find ways to win they just they they have done it don't know how they do it but what they do it because they i I assume they just keep grinding you know throughout the entire game i watched a lot of their games against the bruins obviously being um a big fan of the bruins as well they they don't stop for 60 minutes they don't take a shift off and that's something the knights do as well so i'm I mean, both the teams are in the cup for a reason, and they have a very similar game plan. So, yeah, um, not too worried, but it was one of those games where Matthew Tuchuk, Verhage, they they stepped up, and you know they 
they made it count when they needed to. So as a Golden Knights fan, how you said you're concerned going into this game tonight, what percentage would you say you're worried that the Panthers could take another one in Florida? Just give me a percentage. 40. 40? Okay. And then if, if this game goes back to Vegas and it's tied 2-2, you would still have the Golden Knights obviously winning the series, but how much of a percentage would that drop to you just being like, now is it 50-50 going in or would you still have... 49-51 nights. Damn. If it goes okay. if it goes back, if it goes back 2-2 and it's a best of 3 series. Yeah. I'm nervous. And, and and the reason being is you know, I got upset last episode about them saying about them that the media yeah saying that um you know, the Panthers are a great road team, but they really weren't giving Vegas any respect when Vegas was the second best road team outside of the Bruins in the regular season and postseason, they're closing games, but Panthers have been doing it very well as well. So especially in this postseason, and that's where it counts. That's where it matters. And so I, I am a little nervous to have two on the road. Um, not saying Vegas couldn't win, you know, one there and then split, split at home for the final three games. Um, this series is going to be close. It's going to be a grinder. Yes. Though, that 5-2 and that that 7-2 victories were really nice but you know and it looks like it was going to be a blowout um to a lot of people and I was like even like oh I'm riding high on this so I you know I'm guilty as charged but I did say that the Panthers are going to have a push and and they did they were able to win game 3 um and even if the Knights pulled this pull that off in game 3 I still probably go with Panthers in this one, but now that the Panthers won, I taking the Knights in this one because again, how it's how good these teams are going back and forth with each other. That's how like the Oilers series was as well for Vegas. Um, it was I'm going to punch you, you're going to punch me, I'm going to punch you, I'm going to punch you know. But Vegas closed yeah. out at the end, so the one where I could see this favoring Vegas though is. Um, the Verhage and to Chuck and, and those guys, they're, they're spending a lot of time on the ice, like their fourth line. Um, the Panthers, I have their, their times up right here. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Their fourth line outside of defensemen um, were, were five minutes and 23 seconds on the ice, eight minutes and 22 seconds on the ice and four minutes and 24 seconds on the ice. Um, and then their defensemen were a little back and forth. Uh, on time one was only 11 minutes so compared to vegas like they don't run they're not running their fourth line they're kind of stacking up on the front end which it's worked out for a few games for certain teams but in a long series vegas will tire you down and 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 get that so that's that's where i think vegas missed is they weren't scoring on their fourth line their third line was because it's crazy that you have the third line with mark stone on it and Marshall's like it, it's crazy that that's your third line. But um, <laughs> I think as the series goes on, and, and it showed in the Oilers series, it showed in the Dallas series. As it goes on, Vegas Vegas's depth is going to make them pay because players are going to get tired towards the end of a series. That that's what I've seen, um, especially now in the Stanley Cup, you know, finals. All this is how it's been the entire playoffs. 
these teams are these players are going to start to dwindle down. They're start going to. I think that though. I know it's been two game, three games in already, and it, you haven't seen much of a drop off. But I mean, I think these two days in between travel is going to really benefit Florida, and I don't like that. Um, yeah, I don't know why they're stretching it out. Just same with the NBA Finals; it bothers me extremely. Yeah, but um, yeah, especially I mean, when they're all flying like private jets and stuff. It's not like they're doing you know like normal travel. No, they're a normal they're, they're there the do. next day. They're there the next day. Yeah. There's just an added random day that's that they're just not getting. Um, but yeah, um. So one player I want to talk about, we haven't really talked much about him. Um, so for Vegas, because I've talked about a lot about the superstars for the Panthers, the, you know, Tuchuk and Bobrovsky, Verhege. But uh, a lot of, I've been seeing some articles about Jack Eichel getting some flack for not scoring all Dallas series and have, has not scored in this, this series here. And he's supposed to be one of our best players, if not our best player. However, he is still producing assists Jonathan Marceau uh, is having an outstanding last two series and that is due to the stick handling and the passing of Jack Eichel I don't know if you see in any of that some of those passes are just absolutely wild I mean great for Marceau for finishing but um, you know Jack Eichel he's first time making the playoffs in his career being you know number two in the draft behind Connor McDavid who is the number one player in the NHL you know, everybody was like, okay, you know, he needs to step up and why isn't he scoring goals when it matters? Well, he's not scoring goals, but he's setting up plays for other people to score. And really that's all that matters. He doesn't have to take the game into his hands if he is assisting other people who are. So that's something that's bothered me a little bit um, with media always trying to make something out of nothing. And it's quite bothersome, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. So your prediction tonight is you think the Knights still I think it's another take it really, tonight, even though you're worried. I think it's another close game, just like game three, but I think the Knights will pull it off. Um, just because of the resilience that the Knights have had after losing a game. Um, uh, yeah. And I mean, Bobrovsky was much better, but there wasn't as many shots on goal this time around. Um, yeah. the drop off for shots went down drastically. So yeah, no, I still think Vegas can take this one. Um, I expect them to take this one and then, you know, come back home for a three, one, um, three, one series lead. If it's two, two, I would still have the Knights, but it, it's going to be a much closer best of three series. But obviously if you're the Knights, you know, you're, you're feeling good. So if you come out of this, losing game three was sad, you know, and heartbreaking how it happened. You know, they they pulled their goalie. They pretty much stole that game. Um, that That's how the hockey thinks of it when you pull a goalie and then you win an OT and all that stuff. Um, so they stole that game that everybody that I, I'm talking to or listening to about the Vegas Golden Knights, as long as they split, it's a successful trip. If they come back, then this game, and if they lose game four, game three hurts more than it does when they actually lost. So, yeah. 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 Well, and but it's the also chippiness, the chippiness did slow down a bit. They're still chippy. There were still some penalties, um, but it definitely calmed down after all of the game misconducts and 
um, the 148 penalty minutes combined between the two teams, uh, which is the second most in NHL finals history. So <laughs> the fact that, that they, they the refs did a great job, and we talked about in game two, to try to get this series under control. I know it's the Stanley Cup finals, and it's supposed to be aggressive, and I knew that this series was going to be aggressive because, as I've been saying, they're big, big players on both teams. But I'm glad that it was reeled in a little bit, and we got to see a little bit more strategic hockey. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good. Go Knights, go. So, game four is tonight, 5 uh, p.m., obviously on West Coast time, which is where we're recording from. And then game – or that's game four. Game five is on Tuesday, and then game six, if necessary, next Friday. So, we'll definitely be talking about and then potentially – or no, we'll definitely be talking yep. about game four, previewing game five on next episode, and then potentially on episode after that, we'll be talking about game six or seven if they happen. But let's move over, Casino, to the NBA Finals, where I, I am sad to announce I it, the Miami Heat are done. As a not even a Heat fan, just a Jimmy Butler fan. I was rooting for him to get a ring. But these two games, any hope I had, I mean, even after game three, I was like, oh, there's still a chance. There's still a chance. And then last night's game, I was like, there's no fucking chance. I There's no pathway to the Heat uh, winning this series. Game three was a perfect example of everything Miami needed to win and they still got fucking blown out. The score ended up being 109-94 in Miami and the only two people on the Denver side who went off were Jokic and Murray, their two stars. Jokic had 32 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists, which again is a fucking insane stat line. Murray had 34, 10, and 10. Uh, The 10 in the rebounds and assists are a little muddy because it was kind of at the end. And you could tell he was kind of hunting for it, which I always hate. But again, it (laughs) it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. When you look back at NBA history, it'll say you had a triple-double in this game. So who gives a shit? But really, Casino, and we talked about this because you came to my work right after this this one was over. Uh, I did. It was... This was the Christian Braun game. This little or definitely B R A U N, which reads like Braun, but I always hear Brown. So I don't know if it's Braun or Brown. I think it's Braun, but who knows? But it is that little white son of a bitch on the Denver Nuggets <laughs> who just comes in for 19 minutes, has 15 points, four rebounds, one assist. He's stealing the ball. He's like guarding all the Miami's best players and being really aggressive, but he's not getting called for fouls. It's just like working. This dude is like a, just a shock of electricity to the system when he comes on the court and he's, he did the Duncan Robinson, like stole the pass to him and then dunked it. He literally did it in game three or in game two and three, almost like they look identical. He just comes in and he's such a spark plug. And then you have Jamal Murray, who my question to you, 
he keeps putting up stats like this where uh, he's doing triple doubles. He's putting up 30 points. He's lighting teams up from three. He's done it all playoffs, pretty much all season, but has really emerged uh, in the playoffs as a clear, you know, number two on this team. And my oh, question yeah. to you is, is he officially an NBA superstar? If you win, if they win, I could I could say that he is a substar. Again, one year doesn't do it for me. You have to do it at least two years. You have to roll back to back. And he's been getting better ever since uh, he came back from injury. But I mean, you can't deny that he's having an outstanding postseason. But yeah. you got to do it again. You got to do it again. If you want to be a superstar, you have to do it again. Um. I, yeah, so he, he he's one of those, like, monsters where he's a superstar for the moment, but he could go back to being a, you know, creepy little dude. So, um, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, he's not little. He's 6'4", he's, he's six but still good. <laughs> Whatever. You took the words right out of my mouth. I don't think Monster? he's a superstar. No, but I was going, he was, he's not a superstar, but he's one rung beneath it. And I wasn't going to say monster. I was going to say he's the clench player, which is not the clutch, the clench player, which is when you're playing against him and you see him with the ball, you clench up because most likely his shot's going in, right? So he's the player where you're like, fuck, I don't want that the ball in that guy's hand. Like when in game two, when it was him shooting that three and he had Jimmy Butler in his face, uh, it was the clench thing where it was like, he's going to fucking make this. So I don't think he's in the superstar, but he's right below it where he's the guy where you're terrified when your team is playing against him and he has the ball late and he has the shot. But really, I think now the two stories on both teams are the story on the Nuggets is Nikolai Jokic is just... I think obviously he is a superstar, but I think now he is moving up in contention for maybe if he just keeps this up and he doesn't seem to play in a way where it's like the wheels are going to fall off him, right? It's not like he's super, it's not like he's this super athletic, super fast guy doing all these things we've never seen before. It's like, he's just a really good player. And with age, his shot will only get better. His physicality is really just physicality because he's just this weird gangly giant who's on the court and just doing stuff where you're like, how the fuck is he doing that? (laughs) I think now he has really emerged as a potential when he retires, could he be a top 10 NBA player of all time? I mean, you could definitely make that argument. I I, I I don't know if I'd put him there, but I, you could definitely – yeah, I don't know. I mean, the career's still going, so not sure. But, I mean, I could definitely listen to that argument. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we did there's this just a lot the of, there's just a, There's just a lot of good players. You yeah. did. I didn't have a list. But, I mean, there, there's just a lot of good players. So, I I, I mean, but I, could, I would sit there and I would listen to that argument for sure. Yeah. And we did this uh, We did this discussion a while back when I think we were talking about when Nuggets, Lakers, maybe we was in even earlier than that, where we went through his year by year. And each year, his stats go up, 
his efficiency goes up his even the the most shocking thing in these playoffs is not that he keeps putting up these triple doubles it's that now all of a sudden he's a pretty good defensive player in the paint which is something that he got knocked for all regular season which is just like he doesn't give a shit about defense he never plays it and in the playoffs he's like pretty damn good defensively and not shutting down the big guys but just making it where he's blocking shots he's in guys face he's like and you might just chalk that up to well yeah it's the nba finals and it's not just a random tuesday where he's playing the the hawks or whatever but yeah just his emergence as it's funny that you say the hawks when it you know and then it because you know how they played okay anyway continue Sorry. <laughs> but then the flip side of the coin is jimmy butler on the miami heat he's again he's having good games in game three he was 28 2 and 4 and then last night's game he was 25 7 and 7 these are good games and i've yeah. said this in the past where he's very efficient Right, you're never gonna have a four point Jimmy Butler game, right? You're no, no, that's fine. Gonna and, and have... Yeah, that that's fair. But I want to ask you this: that's something that I want to bring up is, do you think that Jimmy Butler is? Do you think Adebayo is playing better for the team than Jimmy Butler? Do you think Jimmy Butler now in the actual finals is falling off a bit? I know his numbers are still good. I know his numbers are still good, but you're the superstar for the team. In my mind, I think you have to be better than what you're being right now. You have to get the the 32 points, the 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. Like, I mean, you know, not maybe not that number, but yeah, I mean, yeah, no, but I do. You have, yeah, you you have to be close to triple double all the time. Maybe some more points. Maybe have one like 40 point game, and then like consistently go back to like a 28. You know, like a 40 point game that will win you that game. You need to have one game that. That can yeah he you needs have to, to have player. the bucks miami game where yeah. he's stealing the ball dunking it the crowd's going yeah. crazy and it's like so do you think, oh my god you, jimmy is, butler is he having a to you is he having a little bit of a letdown to me 100 oh, to me he is yes yeah I I've, think... I've 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 watched i get excited more watching these finals when uh autobio i'm saying his name right right autobio yeah when yeah. he's getting the getting the basketball more than when Butler's getting the basketball. I get excited to see him have it than Butler. And that's not what you want in a superstar. Yeah. You, know, you well, want, I think, you want, yeah, go for it. I think the Butler defense is probably twofold. One, he's probably fucking exhausted. Again, uh, you can say that about every player, but the Miami Heat, again, we did this, uh, we mentioned this on an earlier episode. They've been in playoff mode since April. It's uh it's middle of June. Like they this has been a long, long postseason, especially for the Heat. They've had seven game series. They went seven with the Celtics and then had to start these finals two days later. Like this has been a and you know, meanwhile, the Nuggets, not that they haven't had a tough road, but they swept the Lakers. They had kind of a depleted Memphis Grizzlies team. Like it's like the road has not been as hard. And again, that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It's still, you just beat who's in front of you. And obviously Denver finished the regular season as the number one seed. So they earn that easier path. That's why you fight to be the one seed. So the heat 
made their bed and now they're lying in it. But I think, and that's something that I said. And so it's it's funny you say that because I, I said that last episode about Florida being eight and Vegas being one and all these people are like, Oh yeah, well they had to go through a tougher schedule. And I don't think so. I think it was, I mean, the Bruins were tough, but, but the same thing, it's like, well, be the one seed play better. Yeah. Regular season. Everybody says that regular season doesn't matter. It's always postseason, which is true to a lot of point, but you much you'd much rather be rested and play easy quote unquote easier teams whether they are or not um obviously you know this didn't really work out it's the one versus the eight one versus the eight in both uh sports but you might i mean it it does help and i'm tired of that argument i'm tired of people saying that well be better just be better we've seen how much uh being the one seed has uh impacted basically like every major sport this year because the Chiefs and Eagles basically went to the Super Bowl this year because they finished as the one seed. And remember that whole Bills Bengals game that got canceled was like the deciding factor of that, which is why so many people had a fucking issue with it. But back to Jimmy Butler, I do think my defense, and again, I'm gonna be defensive about Jimmy Butler because he's my favorite current NBA player and blah, blah, blah. You've all heard it if you listen to the show. But I do think he's injured. I do think there's something wrong with his ankle. It doesn't look like he has the same kind of fluidity that he's used to. And it doesn't look like he has the same lift on his jumpers and he's taking less risk. And again, that just, there might be nothing wrong. And that's just me trying to, uh, you know, give some guy, cut some guy some slack who I'm a fan of. So I will fully take that criticism on the chin where this is more me hoping than actually saying or like reporting anything. Cause obviously how the fuck would I know? But I do think that he does deserve some criticism for kind of getting him to the, for getting them to the promised land and not having that Jimmy Butler game yet. Right, where even when they were in the finals in 2020, the bubble finals against the Lakers, they were only in that series because he had still to this day one of my favorite playoff performances where it was just like he took the team on his back and was like, we're not losing this game. And then they didn't, but he couldn't sustain it. Now, the other issue in this series is, uh, like you said, Bam Adebayo has just been a monster this entire series. He has been uh, just the game three. He had 22.17 rebounds. Uh, and then last night's game, he had 20 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, but it's been all the role players that have really shown up and they've always right. had that third or fourth guy who has just been like, where did Caleb Martin come from? Where did, Duncan Robinson all of a sudden get 10 points in three minutes. Where did Max Struess or Gabe Vincent just start coming up? I mean, last night, Gabe Vincent played 19 minutes, had two points, one assist, zero rebounds. Matt Struess played 19 minutes, had 0.0 assists, five rebounds. Like, you're not gonna you're not gonna win when your third leading scorer is Kyle Lowry with 13 points. Like These guys, it's almost been like the clock has struck midnight and everybody's turned back into a pumpkin. Like the the fairy tale 
story is over and they finally have run out of this insane luck they've had with shooting percentages and last night Shoot they up. were last night they were eight of 25 Sorry. from three point like that's that's you're not going to win on those shooting numbers and then in you game no game three they were 11 out of 35 <laughs> so they're shooting that was uh by my son they're shooting 30 percent from three where we talked about it in game two they're usually in these playoffs have been a 50 percent three-point shooting team and everybody was like oh this is an outlier this is an outlier and it was like no the outlier was when they were a 30 percent uh three-point shooting team now the past two games they've reverted back to what they have never been which is a bad three-point shooting team but they still have the confidence of a really good three-point shooting team so they're jacking up three points to try to get back into it and then in both almost all these games i don't know what is and this is again where the coaching has really come to kind of be neck and neck I don't know what adjustments uh, Denver is making at halftime, but the third quarter, the Miami Heat have just come out, uh, just come out of the tunnel after halftime and just been wiped off the floor in the third quarter. I mean, they go always into halftime. Yeah. Who, who's who's the hype? Who's the hype person in, inside the locker room, man? Like for I real. don't know, but. In the, they always come out where it's Miami Heat start off really hot. They start getting all these turnovers, making all these threes. The second quarter, it kind of goes back to tied. And then the third quarter, all of a sudden, you look away from the screen and you look back and Miami's down by 11 points. And you're like, what the fuck happened? And then the third the third quarter in both these games has been Miami keeping it within 10, keeping it within 10, keeping it within 10. And then all of a sudden there's four minutes in the fourth quarter and you're like, it's still a 10 point game. Like yeah. it's, 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 it's been both games. These both games, you could splice them together and you'd be like, how the fuck was this two games? It looked exactly the same, but the third game in the series really was the one where you could see the pathway for Miami, right? Because yeah, it that, was. That's... Go for it. Go for it. It was just uh, Jokic and Murray were lighting it up. You had Christian Braun come in and do 15 points. But again, that's a bench guy just giving them that little spark. But all their other starters, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Caldwell Pope, Bruce Brown, they had 11 points, 2 points, 6 points, 5 points. Nobody was doing anything, right? And the Miami Heat still lost by 15 points. So it's like you're getting 60 points from the two superstars and you can't do anything about that. Like you lost the game by uh by allowing 45 more points when the next highest scoring guy was a bench guy. Like, I don't get how you lose that game three with holding everybody else to that. So then we go into last night's game and it's like, all right, is this going to be the game Miami is like, we're going to contain Joker and Murray a little and try to let the other guys beat us. That's what they do. They hold, they hold last night, uh, Jokage, wrong game. They hold last night Joe <laughs> to 23 points. They hold Murray to four or to 15. 
and you're like, all right, whatever adjustments they made, this is the game where you take back control of the series in Miami. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Gordon goes for 27, seven and six. Uh, Bruce Brown uh, goes for 21, four and two. And then Michael Porter Jr. has 11. It's like, again, you're looking at these numbers and you're like, nobody's killing you, but you're just not containing anybody. I mean, Aaron Gordon, I never see him shoot a shot. It's just him running up to the basket and either dunking it or getting it lobbed to him. And he still has 27 points. I've never seen uh, as bad a team as this Miami Heat team are at defending the baseline. Like that's how the Celtics won game six with the back tip in because nobody paid attention to him. Every no, everybody expects the three. Yeah. Every Aaron Gordon point is everybody looking down the court and he just runs up behind him. Like that's every Aaron Gordon highlight in this series has been him running the baseline past five Miami defenders. And they just are looking the opposite direction. Like it's, and you know, with Joker, he's maybe one of the best passers we've seen in NBA history. So he's going to find that guy. It's just, a matter of time before all of a sudden you're looking up the scoreboard and you're like, we're down 10 points because we just gave up four lob passes. Like, how does that happen? So both these games, Miami scored 95 last night and the game before they scored 94. I just don't see a pathway where they need to score 110 points to win. None of their role players, none of their guys who have lit it up during the playoffs who were killing the Celtics, none of those guys are showing up. So I don't know unless we get, and again, you can't count this Miami team out because again, they will have one game where all of a sudden they're 55% from the uh, three-point line. And it's like, where the fuck has this been? All of a sudden, everybody's making threes. But it hasn't been the case the last two games. And if you live or die by the three, you're going to die by it probably more often than you're going to live by it. And they have just been unbelievably lucky, uh, if you want to call it that, with how great they've been three-point shooting. So uh, would I be shocked if Miami steals one more game in this series? No. But... I said this series would go six. I think it might go five. I don't know how Miami wins another game unless, again, they have a crazy three-point shooting game that, you know, is just one of those games where you're like, they're never going to shoot 55% again, and then Denver wins the next two after that. So I think Monday potentially – Miami steals one in Denver, but then I think it's – I think this is Denver series. I can't – there's no case I can make for Miami winning three more games in this series. Absolutely not. Um, but all right, uh, let's move off the playoffs to talk uh, more sports. Yeah, let's actually, talk- I'm gonna I'm gonna come in hot with one. Um, so I was watching um, the the ticker for the Champions League final for uh, soccer, um, the European Champions League. Well, Champions League's all of Europe. It's awesome. Anyway. But, um, yeah, uh, this is cool. I don't like Man City, but Man City just completed the treble, which means they won the Premier League, they won the FA Cup, and then they just won the Champions League against Inter Milan. Um, And this hasn't been done since 1999. 
Ryan from Manchester United. And even the legend, uh, Peter, I, I can never say it's Schmeichel, I think, um, uh, from Manchester United. Uh, he, he's, he's even like, if they pull off the treble, which they have, he's going to like basically say, yeah, that's one of the better teams in, in English football in a very, very long team, long time, uh, if not ever. And yeah, so hats off to Man City for completing the treble and just dominating every, every big tournament in Europe. So well done. Sucks, but well done. Well, That's let's cool. stick. Uh, let's stick with soccer or with soccer. Football. Hey, hey, hey! Football. Uh, so casino. Explain to me, someone who is ignorant and dumb when it comes to football slash soccer, what happened with Lionel Messi, where he is now. Uh, I just found this out today. He is now the highest paid athlete in Miami. So he will earn $43 million per season after signing with what is the name of the team he signed? He signed with inter Miami. Uh, uh, yeah. So that is an yeah. MLS team. And after he signed yeah, with this team, they went so, yeah, from go for it. Continue. They went from a million subscribers on Instagram to 5 million in the span of 24 hours, which is fucking crazy. He's going to make insane, insane amounts of money. But as someone who is ignorant to the world of soccer, what is what is the appeal of the MLS for these like older players? Because I know the only thing I know about the MLS is it's looked upon as just a bad professional soccer league, but all the old legends go there to just get huge paydays. Uh, so what it is, it's the league is up and coming. Um, you are getting better players, but it's still way behind the rest of the world. Um, and nowadays... U.S. is finally getting recognized for having some good talent come from the United States, but a lot of the best talent from the United States are now playing on the better teams overseas. So what a lot of these players do, um, they're they're coming here to basically ride off into the sunset, um, if you will. Um, why am I blanking on his name? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, It'll come to me in a second. Um, but, uh, yeah, just coming into to the league because they can still be a superstar. I mean, yes, Messi just won the World Cup, and he's not digressing rapidly, but he's starting to digress. You know, his, his career is coming towards an end. Um, but I think he made the move because, allegedly, I'm, I'm looking up his deal here now. Um, I, I hadn't really ever looked at it. Uh, but he, he's coming here and there's supposed to be an incentive to where he is going to be getting part ownership in a, in a part stake in an upcoming um, MLS team. And the rumors are that it could be Vegas. If Vegas ever gets a team, even though the MLS just opened up the San Diego location or gave San Diego a team. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is his incentive to kind of come over here and 
it's 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 a business incentive um especially if the whole like half of your contract is being able to get a stake in a soccer team out here um so but yeah i mean he wants to ride off in the sunset he wants to play for he wants to play for a team where against players that he knows that he can still absolutely destroy um but yeah i mean that's pretty much the simple of it i mean he's leaving psg for crying out loud uh that that's the so best team deal, in, in in France, so it's crazy. Continue. I'm I'm trying to find this other guy's get, name. Like, why am I totally blanking on it? He'll make Pardon? roughly around fifty three million dollars annually. He will then get a percentage of sales from Apple's MLS season pass, a percentage of Inter Miami shirt sales. And an ownership stake in the club. So MLS has done this contract before when they did it with David Beckham in 2007. So I think the most interesting thing about this deal is it's not just tied to the team he's on. It seems like it's a deal that's That's tied from all MLS. He's uh, he's making a business deal. He's coming in for a business deal. This was, I think, a big reason. Um, so I, I figured the guy, it was a Swedish soccer player who ended up um, heading over. He played for um, Milan for a long time and whatnot. Uh, and then he went over, I believe he played for the Red Bull. Uh, I don't remember which team he went to, but um, Zlatan, uh, I love his name. It's Zlatan Imbrohimovic. Um, just a crazy, scary, I don't know if you've ever seen him, dude. Like he's, an absolute animal think of like um yeah it's hard to explain he's got like the man bun he's just super ripped (laughs) and he just looks like he's gonna like eat you um especially with that name but he when he came over me him on this podcast i think you might have i mean he's 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 41 but man like uh yeah so he came over which team was it i have it right here oh he went to la galaxy um yeah, he went to LA Galaxy, and then now he went back to AC Milan. Um, but, yeah. Oh, this is, yeah. <laughs> I love how they say it, his senior career. Uh, so it has on Wikipedia, it says youth career, senior career. I love it. <laughs> well, the Fantastic. craziest thing also about this MLS contract is it puts him at – 53 million where the contract is actually 50 million. The next highest played paid player in the MLS only makes 8 million a year. So it is a jump from 8 million to 50 million. And I'm assuming they can only afford to do this because everything else is coming from season pass and shirt sales and stakes in the team. And obviously you're not going to be able to do that with, other players right this is definitely gonna up the sales i mean it did when uh zlatan came into the league it did win my favorite player of all time terry Henry uh from arsenal when he came and played for the new york red bulls Every, like there was so many more eyes on it and so many more people going out to mls games just no matter where their team played because people wanted to go see him play this is going to be the same thing this is going to really help the MLS because there's going to be so many people going out just to want to watch Messi. Hell, I might go and if the Portland Timbers, my team, plays um, 
plays in Portland against Miami, I'm 100% probably going to try to go to that game so I can see Messi play on the pitch, hopefully lose, but so I can see him. Um, <laughs> so, like, it's even got me intrigued to, to watch him because um, I can tell you that uh, I was trying my best. I didn't end up getting to, but to watch Terry Henry when he entered the MLS, it just never worked out scheduling-wise for me. But I would definitely try to do it for Messi as well. But, yeah, it's a business decision. He he can focus more on his business because his game in the MLS, he's not going to have, I mean, he's going to have to stay in shape and try, but he's not going to have to go crazy out of his way to be the best player in the MLS. He's just going to walk in and be the best player in the MLS. Like it's just, he doesn't, he's not going to have to like really try. And so he can really focus on the business aspect of it. Um, is this yeah. the is this the biggest name that has ever signed with the MLS? Uh, yeah, uh, it, yes. I mean, he is a bigger Messi is a bigger name than when David Beckham. Then David right? Beckham. Again, then Terry. Then yep. Or, no, no, no. He, it's it's the biggest signing in MLS history, in my opinion. I mean, yes, you had David Beckham. Yes, you had Terry Henry. Yes, you had Slotten. But uh, it, it, those are big big names playing for big big clubs over in Europe and you know their their household names over in the rest of the part of the world signing with MLS yeah i mean it's they're doing it all for business business standpoints um which hey by the way um i really really hope cuz us has not announced a i think i've talked about this before has not announced a head coach yet and Terry Henry came out saying that he's interested as being a head coach for the U.S. men's team, and I would lose my absolute shit if that was the case. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I, I don't care about anything. I just would love to have him. It would be awesome. I'd cry. Uh, so moving from Messi, moving from soccer <laughs> to golf, two things probably we talk about. The oh, you didn't want to go from football on to this football podcast, just because. I mean, we could, but I want to end on football. I want to okay. end on football casino. Uh, I have a year I was on trying my to work list. on the set. I'm, I'm trying I to work on the segways the here. I did not. I, I know you did, but I'm trying to work on the segways. <laughs> did you email me the list? I don't think but so. we. T- uh, no, I never do. But yeah, so, yeah, uh, we move. How about this for a segue? We move from a lot of money to talking about a shitload of money because when it comes to live golf. They have now merged Subpar. with <laughs> subpar. Uh, and you see what I did there? A C plus. No, it's subpar. a subpar because we're golf. Yeah, yeah. No, I got it. And uh, I'll, I'll put leave. a C plus right next to uh, my C plus. Yeah. <laughs> but live golf <laughs> and PGA are combining to make a new. Uh, pro golf, I don't know, conglomerate, company, business, whatever the fuck you want to call it, partnership. Live GA. Uh, Live GA? No, so no. now all the live golfers, Live GA, I don't know. I'm assuming uh, it is going to be basically run by what everything is run by, which is money. I did a big rant. Uh, you actually helped me in this rant, Casino. We did a big rant, talked about this for like half an hour on last episode. I cut it out of the podcast because it got way too political. And then I've kind of 
had a couple days to think about it. And I've come to the conclusion, I don't know why everyone is freaking out about this because it's literally can be broken down to giant corporation. Uh, there's my sweat gland because this room is hot as shit uh giant corporation with a water i'm gonna get some water so continue i can hear you (laughs) yeah but giant corporation that uh wants money partners with giant corporation that has money and it just seems like yeah of course like the PGA, of course, when Live Golf started and all their big name or a, a ton of their big name talent went over to uh, Live Golf from PGA, there was just this declaration that all these guys were un American and traitors and they were siding with all these bad Saudi Arabian people that were involved in 9-11 and it just got super political and super like self-righteous and grandstanding and standing on, you know, your pedestal and being like, I can't believe these morally empty golfers would go choose money over like the soulless money grubbers. (laughs) Yeah. And then the PGA came out and, you know, was basically like, threw all these guys under the bus and then less than a little over a year later now all of a sudden pga is basically bought out by saudi arabia now they're going they claim they're going to be partners it really well, they sounds keep losing like, they keep losing top players well yeah like half, and half the, their top players are gone well, and the ironic part of this was nobody was watching Live Golf because I believe they were like on the CW or just some random uh, like basic cable channel that and everybody who watched it said it was a bad golf presentation, right? Like the show itself was just poorly produced, poorly made, blah, blah, blah. But they had all the big names. And then PGA's ratings were falling because they had the better on-screen product with less talent so they now combine and it's like you have the money you have the talent now you have the tv presentation and it's going to be under the pga umbrella so it's a win-win-win except for all those golfers that didn't take the big money to go be with live golf and now they're going to lose their spots to all the guys who did take the live golf money are now coming back to the PGA. And it's like, everybody keeps being like the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy, but it's really just boils down to they had money. They wanted money. Like that's just, that's capitalism. That's corporate greed. That's everything. There is no morals when it comes to money. Right. Well, I mean, so here's the thing. So some of those players that left, like say Phil Mickelson, for instance, he's already done it all. And I mean, the only one he hasn't won is the U.S. Open. He's gotten second like eight times or something like that. It's something outrageous. Um, but he doesn't need to prove himself anymore again in the PGA. Like he wanted to yep. go make his money and then move off into the sunset. Again, I keep using that one. Uh, by the way, I forgot the word that we were supposed to say like a whole bunch of times. But anyway, um, Rod. Smorgasbord. Anyway. Um, but yeah. Smorgasbord. We went almost an hour without saying it. So we're, it looks like we're going to hit the under when it was five apiece. But the other 
The other interesting little wrinkle in this, which I don't know if you saw this casino, is Tiger Woods and Roy Mickelson are starting their own uh, golf league with the guy who, who? co-started Rory, Rory no, McIlroy. I'm sorry, Rory McIlroy. Yeah, and he's and he's, Tiger Woods. Oh, he's had a lot of. He's been in the news a lot about it. He's been like interrupting like the presidents of the PGA and live and like yelling at people. And this, like it's, I, I did not get into the articles that far, but pretty much he's just like yelling at everybody. And he's like, in all these big <laughs> meetings and whatnot between the owners and the players and, you know, the two companies, like he's just absolutely letting them have it. So it will be uh, called TGL. And it's in partnership with that guy who's married to Serena Williams. He like co-started Twitter. I saw him on SportsCenter talking about it, where those three guys are partnering. And I think the the whole point of this one is it's going to be uh, like six teams and they're going to play on virtual courses. So it's going to be virtual courses with like the emphasis being on the short game over the long game. I don't know. It just sounds like a weird, weird concept where it's like, why would someone want to watch that more than just regular golf? I guess they're just really hoping that Tiger Woods is being attached to it. will have that much of a draw, but it sounds weird to me. It sounds yeah, basically like it. We're all going to be playing fucking golden tea, but on a, on a, on TV. I don't know. It just like a, like a golf simulator. Yeah. Yeah, it just sounds really like. Which, by the know. way, the, we at Area Fifty One, there's a golf simulator, um, like bays that you can rent out. We should go do or that. Or Area Fifteen, you mean? That they no, won't Area let us 51. in Area Fifty One. No, they Area won't 51. let us in their casino. <laughs> I've tried. I've yeah, been no, like, they, I hear they, you guys I mean, have really cool video games in here, and they're like, you can't come in. <laughs> well, can't. I mean, just think of the, all the wonderful technology from the UFOs that they have and whatnot. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. they probably even have like a putt-putt course, like where you have to like hit through the UFO and everything. <laughs> like, I mean, that's yeah. true. They probably have some sick video games at Area 51. If probably. I mean, all joking aside, they probably have some cool shit there. Like that but you yes, can just fuck around with. But uh, let's dive into our last two stories. One story is still up in question so i don't we don't even really have to talk about it apparently chris paul is being rumored to be waived but the sun's owners chris and paul? coaches yeah oh yes chris paul Got from it. the suns but the owners and uh new coach frank vogel are both saying he is not so we'll put a pin in that one and we can discuss it on next episode where yeah, where more news will be coming out about this. I would love to see Chris Paul on the Sixers. The betting odds right now have him going to the Pelicans, which is also – did you see that great story about Zion Williamson? Zion, yes, and all the <laughs> all the women and the baby yeah. thing. Yeah, well, apparently and, it's just oh. two. Now, well, there's still. two women, but why it's in the news is one of the women he knocked <laughs> up – silly. <laughs> one of the women he knocked up is apparently just uh you know a random woman he met the other woman on the other hand is an adult film actress who i wrote it down here i don't is it mariah maria i don't know how you pronounce this name mariah mills who is a porn star 
And apparently the funniest thing about this whole thing, uh, Mariah Mills is her name. M-O-R-I-A-H. Mariah, Maria, I don't fucking know. Uh, Mariah Mills, who I did not know Miss before Mills. this. Call her Miss Mills. But I have, since I found out who she is, I have been doing research and I like her work, Casino. I like her. <laughs> uh, Mariah Mills uh, was apparently seeing Zion Williamson at the <laughs> same time that he impregnated this other girl. And then she went on Twitter and went on a rant uh, showing off all their DMs, showing off all these messages Zion was uh, sending allegedly, to her allegedly, about. allegedly. Uh, I don't. Uh, that's true. She could have just changed somebody's name to Zion in the thing, uh, in the app. But the funniest thing that came out of all of this was apparently Mariah Mills was the one telling Zion, like, "Hey, you need to start getting in shape." Like, you need to start being in better shape to play basketball. And that was, like, almost the entire crux of her messages were, I can't believe you cheated on me with somebody else. And then the other half was, we need to get you in basketball shape for next season. So it's funny well, you know that really those funny were the two I, things. I, I heard a lot. So regarding that, I heard a lot of uh, um, people on the radio talking about, well, apparently he really wasn't hurt. He just hasn't been getting into shape. Like he just hasn't been trying to get into shape. Like that's 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 almost more outrageous than his whole pregnancy lady scandal. Is like, oh, you're not actually getting into shape that you need to get in shape for this league. Yeah, that, that, that that's is funny. it is insane. The two things because remember in the draft class, the two the top two picks in that draft were Zion Williamson and John ja Morant. So it is insane. That these two guys, all the issues with them are not court related. It's all off the court shit. Well, no, it's, it's going to be court. It's going to be court related. Shit. It's definitely court. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be court related. Uh, it's just so. It's going to be just, on court. Yeah. And this is always the thing where it's like, no, like you can never bet on somebody uh, coming out of the draft, even when they're a sure pick, because. You can see all this stuff on the court, but then off the court, who the fuck would have been like, oh yeah, John Morant's going to be suspended for probably half a season for waving a gun around on Instagram. You'd Twice. be like, what? Like, and then uh, Zion Williamson is not going to be on the court because he just is not going to want to exercise and diet. You'd be and like, he's eat- yeah, he's, yeah, he's eating he's, too many beignets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just Dude, so what, what a, I mean, when he went to Louis, uh, went to the Pelicans, like my first thought was like, oh, dude, he's screwed. He's absolutely <laughs> screwed. And people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know how much good food is down there? They literally have like As, a beignet shop. I mean, you've been there. There's I like went a to beignet, New Orleans. Beignet shop hands, there everywhere. Hands down. Hands down. The best food everywhere. Like, no competition. <laughs> New Orleans. We went to, like, little shitty dive bars, and they were serving us food that was better than things I've had at gourmet restaurants. Like, they just figured out food down there, and they were like, hey, you want to eat alligator? And I was like, sure, why not? And then I left New Orleans being like, I love eating alligator. Like, it's <laughs> like, they're, it's incredible. Anybody who uh, hasn't been to New Orleans, I mean, go. Don't be a pro player just, down there. Yeah. Don't be a yeah, pro player. Eat, 
eat. Uh, last thing, we'll just touch on this a little bit until we get out of here. Uh, Dalvin Cook, running back for the Minnesota Vikings, who has put up uh, 1,100 or more yards in each of the last three seasons, is apparently being released by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the betting odds right now are that he lands in Miami, which I think would be... Pretty good what? landing I'm spot tired. for him. I, I, hey, by the way, DeAndre Hopkins is currently in New England. You think he signs? Nope. I don't <laughs> think so either. <laughs> but, but hey, there's hope. Wanted, right? There's hope. He's there. There's hope, there, there's hope with that nope. But um, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> nope. Uh, but, but I can see, definitely see Cook going to Miami. And then, dude, that, that division with Tom Brady there was just – that Patriots team was so dominant over every other team for so long. And now it's just flip-flopped where all three of those teams now are really, really good. And Patriots are like mid, you know, mid-level. <laughs> it's crazy. And then all of a sudden, you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. The craziest thing is the last dynasty before the Patriots was like the early 90s where it was, you know, those Cowboys 49ers teams that were going back and back and just fighting each other to go to the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. And then we had almost a decade break where, uh, you know, then the Patriots started to emerge. And then in the middle of the Patriots dynasty, we had that decade break where they didn't go to a Super Bowl for that 10-year period. And then all of a sudden, it was like Patriots have the second half of their dynasty. Tom Brady wins his last Super Bowl. He leaves, goes and wins another Super Bowl. Within a two to three year span, it was like Patriots dynasty ends. Immediately, another dynasty starts that is just has all these young players, this amazing head coach and now it's just like oh yeah now we immediately went to this chiefs dynasty that uh they're betting odds to win the super bowl next year they're only getting better it's like i just wish we would have had that little break in between yeah, where it's i mean like, if they if, if DeAndre hopkins yeah if deandre hopkins goes there don't watch just there's no reason to watch the the nfl just just <laughs> give the trophy to the chiefs yeah and as far as Dalvin Cook goes, I think I really think the story on that end is the Minnesota Vikings seem like they're losing all their like star veteran players, Dude, they're and they're cleaning. just like, yeah, they lost uh, uh, Adam Thielen. Now they lost Dalvin Cook. They last lost, I believe it was uh, uh, Kendricks, their their star like linebacker, and then it's just like, who are they replacing them with? They got Justin Jefferson and like who else? They're really banking on Kirk it's, Cousins. It's going to be throw to Justin Jefferson. Just throw it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but all right. You got anything else, Casino, before we head out of here? Uh, yeah, Casino's fact of the day. Oh, okay. uh, this is what I was waiting for. Give it to me. Good food eaten in New Orleans. I had nothing. So <laughs> that's my fact of the day, though. <laughs> Uh, that is a good. fact. I will say, great fact because I can back it up. They have great food. Uh, <laughs> I had nothing. I, don't I was like... trying to think of something as I was saying saying that I had nothing. I had nothing. Again, I don't like oysters. And then all of a sudden, I go to New Orleans and it's like oysters Rockefeller, and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" And then you eat it, and you're like, "This is the best thing I've ever had in my life." 
So I went in with all these, like, I don't like that food. And then I left New Orleans being like, that's my favorite food I've ever eaten in my life. So yeah. go even, to New even Orleans. The bed, even the bed bugs were good, right? Uh, I did get bed bugs. So be wary of the beds, but eat everywhere you see. And then apparently hang out with the porn stars there because they will try to get you in shape. So this has been. <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> yeah that's you get great food and a workout so in more ways than one this is the sports podcast i will have